It is 11.05, Pinpoint Health Show is here. And uh, there you go. You want to reach out, 416-870-6400. You have any uh, health issues? Want to talk? Bring it on. That's uh, that's why Dr. Lou is here. He's also, I should say, for, for social because he's totally taken his social media prowess to a new level. He's got his phone set up with a tripod. <laughs> he's filming the show. The videos. Yeah. People like them. And you just had me turn off all the studio lights, so I can't see anything. Well, so it's because I, I may end up calling the there police, was a and glare. I don't even know. There was a glare. <laughs> it's not, there, there are massive windows here. We're fine. We yeah. should talk about sleep medicine. Why are you so tired? Oh, dude, I'm dying. Oh, I got my a God. herniated disc in my neck for 15 years now. Because I'm getting younger every day. I wake up every night after like four hours with hands are numb, neck burning. I need a pillow, It's a really dude. common thing with people. So it's <sighs> it's interesting that you, you bring it up that... People who um, have that those types of chronic neck issues, oh. right? Those nerves in, in your in your neck go into your arms and your hands, and so at night the uh, the nocturnal paresthesia, like when you're sleeping, when your head's turned the wrong way or whatever, your hands will go numb. Oh. Um, it's probably not just the the herniation, right? Like it's a lot of herniations exist but aren't symptomatic. It's also probably a combination of tight muscles. You're a really active guy. You're doing more and more activity all the time. Um, you know, the, the, uh, having a good pillow is an important thing for sure. Yeah. Um, it still might might not be the be all end all, Try right? It, like right? A, a lot of it too is is trying to to um, change positions while sleeping. Like, how do you? What's your usual sleep position? Usually, um, I'm usually a back sleeper sometime on the side, but I switch it up because yeah, I, back's I, the I worst, wake though. up in pain and so it forces me to So the problem with sleeping on your back is you're probably in slight flexion, okay. and that's going to put pressure on everything, right? So that's actually the worst thing that you can do for what you have going on. You should probably be sleeping on one of your sides. I would say sleep on your right side is better because it offloads the heart a little bit. Pillow in between your knees and hug a pillow. Try that. The problem is, is with the tossing and turning, right? It's easy yeah. to tell somebody, you know, this is the way you should sleep. Most people will say, I can't fall asleep anyway, except the way that I sleep, right? right. I, I actually, I was having a lot of this similar, sim- do you remember a few years ago, I was getting that every oh, yeah. every night, I, or I was waking up, my You're arms dying, were fully yeah. numb, but I would sleep on my stomach, and I was oh. like sleeping on my stomach, hugging a pillow, my head turned fully one way, right? right? And so... I was able to do it for the first, you know, 30 years of my life with no problems because, you know, you're young. And then as you get older, it starts to have an effect. So I actually changed the way that I sleep. I now sleep on my on my right side the way I just okay. described. I've eliminated those symptoms by managing that. It took me a long time because my whole life I slept on my stomach that way and I could not fall asleep. But I just forced myself every night, you know, just to try it, even just try it for a little bit longer. Right. Um, I find, though... If you can hug the pillow, that that provides sort of a comfort and makes really? it easier. Yeah, okay. it's like a big teddy bear. Yeah. <laughs> Want me to come over, big guy? <laughs> I gotta yes, try something please. because the, uh, the yeah the burning and it, it's so bad it wakes me up. I'm like that, yeah, that yeah. and the puppy. Puppy yeah. wakes me up too, but the burning's worse. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah no, for sure. And and that nocturnal paresthesia is, it could be horrible, right? Because especially if you don't know what's going on, like, and it just starts happening, you're like, holy. And sometimes if you stay on it long enough, have you found that it, you know, sometimes it'll go like back to normal right away. But sometimes if you've been on it long enough through the night, it'll take a long time. Like I remember there were mornings where like, I'd be driving to work. I'm like, my hand's still numb. I know. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's it's it's a crazy thing. Sleeping posture. I wonder, you know, it's interesting. I wonder what we were like, how we were really designed to sleep. 
right? Because we sleep on these beds and pillows, and you know, That's we true. we didn't evolve that way. We didn't evolve with beds. We we evolved by you know sleeping on the ground, f- perfectly flat or whatever. Maybe it is. some so, soft ground cover or something, right? Who knows? Something. I don't know. I, I don't know, I don't yeah. know what the, I've never looked into like the anthropology of how we should or should not sleep, but. Uh, I think it's it's a it's a more common problem than probably you realize, right? Like you're not alone in that. I mean, I've had it myself. I I think the biggest thing, the point of it is, if you have to change your sleep posture, that's the biggest thing. If you can get onto your side, make sure your spine's neutral, then then it should start to uh, eliminate a lot of those symptoms. Yeah. Because if it was just the disc herniation, you would have those symptoms constant. Mm-hmm. They yeah. wouldn't. They wouldn't. Yeah, you have a little bit, I'm sure, because you do have that problem. But it's definitely worse at night, which means yep. it's positional, right? That that's the thing. It's not right, it, right? Because otherwise, the symptoms would be consistent 24 hours out of the day. Well, my physical problems have taken out the first segment of the show, so feel free to reach out. It's uh, 416-870-6400. Pinpoint Health Show just getting warmed up right here, Global News Radio, 1113 Pinpoint Health Show. Info at pinpointhealth.ca. You want to reach out and uh, call us now, please. 416. Call. call. Call now. Call. Do it now. Yes. We're not desperate. We're just asking. It's crazy to help how you. people always wait yeah. till 5 it, to 12. It, it's more because I know people are listening and they have questions and there's always that hesitation should I call, should I not call? But the, the reality is the sooner you call in the show, the more time we can spend on every case. Not like we're, we have to do that last, last segment and Good get point. through 30 people and you're just giving quick like, oh, it sounds like this, move on, right? So, so if you have a, a pain injury question, I think now is the time to call. Uh, that's why the show exists, to, to give you the information that you're looking for and sort of help get you in the right direction. How's the uh, update with the, uh, with the clinics? Good. We will very soon uh, be expanding into the Oakville and Markham no area. Kidding, eh? Look yeah, at you, so, man. so yeah, we're just continuing to look for for good places that want to be affiliated with Pinpoint Health, um, providing good care. And that's like my biggest thing when I when I look at this stuff. It's to make sure that we're we're going to. Um, you know, if we're not starting from net new and we're, we're acquiring something that it is, um, that they're already doing a good job. Right. So, uh, we really, again, the whole point of this is to create an accountable environment for people looking for this type of care, um, to get the, the biggest things. And we have lots of things coming like the social media stuff, like following Dr. Lou on, on social and even pinpoint health. Um, the the company that we're working with, we're also going to be uh, launching a YouTube channel, Spotify channel. We're going to be working on a podcast after hours where we can have discussions with guests that are longer than you know the the allotted time that we have here. Um, so you know we're we're happy to hear what you want want to hear about. If there's people you want interviewed, uh, things you want to learn about more in depth, send me an email at info at uh, pinpoint health. .ca or we reach out to me on social um, but all of it is designed really to give you the better information and and yep. that's a very very consistent thing that shows up in the research about healthcare that once you can provide information to people they start to do better 416-870-6400 star 640 on sale Jason good morning Good morning guys how you doing Good, good brother you- what's up uh, what's up Okay so um, I've always had bad knees my whole life, right? Yep. Um, now at the tender age of 41, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about, I actually started doing some some, uh, some weights for my legs, and I was wondering if that's a good idea or a bad idea. Started doing weights? Yes, ma'am. Like sure. strengthening? Straining, yeah. Yeah, so it's never a bad idea to strengthen any area of your body, right? Most 
problems, chronic, long-lasting problems, especially if you're talking your whole life, right? Like when you're young, you don't have arthritis in your knee, so that's not the cause. The cause is probably functional. If it's functional, the only thing you can really do is strengthen it. In fact, what we're starting to see, even things with like knee osteoarthritis that's severe, you can get improvements if you do the right type of strengthening program. So, you know, I think, yeah, 100%. Like in general, is it is what you're doing a good idea? Yes. Where I put like a little asterisk beside it is you need to sort of know what you're doing. That's the next thing, right? It's like, yeah, it's good to be doing that stuff, but you also, the problem with self-directed things is you might do the wrong thing and you might injure yourself. That's why I'm always a fan of working with a professional for these types of things, um, like a, a chiropractor, physiotherapist, someone who's knowledge uh, in these functional issues and can provide you the direction on, at the very least, where you should be starting, right? Like, I think a lot of this stuff, if it's a low-level thing, you can probably progress it yourself, but at the very least, it might be worth you getting sort of assessed to see what are some things that maybe you do want to avoid? Because my assumption based on your phone call would be that you have a functional problem. So especially with knees, there's so many variables. Like when you look at someone, do they are their feet perfectly straight? Are they towed out a little bit? Are they towed in? And, and even if you have one of those three scenarios, what's causing it? Is the knee rotated? Is the hip rotated? Is it the ankle that's rotated? There's so many biomechanical variables that need to be considered that that will start to tell you, okay, which way you should be doing something or things maybe you should avoid um because not everything is equivocal that's that's the reality of it and and just treating it as you know to just clump it all in together as strengthening is not going to be accurate there are definitely specific things that you specifically should do to strengthen your knee that will yes very much help you i don't know what those are because i you know i haven't assessed you but that's my general advice with these types of things is i always think it's a good idea to get active to do more to strengthen parts of your body that are weak, that are creating problems. The question becomes, what are those specific things? And that is where I think it should be under the direction of a professional. I see, I see. Because what I'm doing is I'm trying to increase six inches on my jumping by summertime. Okay. Is there a reason for that? Yeah, I want to be able to dunk a lot easier. Okay. So now do you play like high level? Like is this just for recreational stuff or is it? Yeah, it's recreational. Okay. I'm 41 now, so I missed yeah. the boat. So yeah, you missed it. You're in the... Yeah. So, I mean, that's good. You know, one thing I always consider is like, you know, and I'm not telling you not to do it, but I guess the one thing that I think is important to consider is the potential trauma that can happen with those types of things. Like is I'm a big fan of, again, looking at benefit and risk. Like I think it's good to be active, but I think sometimes I see it a lot with like sort of in your, like you're, you're sort of an example. I don't know enough about you. So I'll sort of use it as a segue to give an example, but the weekend warriors, right. And I see it a lot with like, say a hockey player, right. Who, who's in their forties, um, and goes out and, and, you know, plays hockey, but they're giving it their all, like, like you know, like right. like they're in the NHL. And it's like, yeah, but you got to consider that there's a risk of injury. Like, I think it's good to be involved, to keep active, to have competition, but you may want to just, like, you know, to increase six inches on a jump is not 
an insignificant feat. Like, you know, that that is significant. That's six inches more of falling back to the ground, making sure that you're landing the right way. Now, I, I'm not telling you not to do it. I am saying that if that is a goal and you're going to achieve that, then even more so than before, I think it should be under the direction of a professional because then at that point, it's not just about jumping. It's also the mechanics. Like, it's, it's not just strength. It's mechanics, and it's mechanics with coming down because um, – you know, basketball is notorious for for ACL and meniscus injuries oh, because of that jumping, coming down, and rotating. So I think it's really important to consider that, right, um, and, and mitigate that risk as much as possible. Okay. Okay. Like I guess I gotta get in touch with you. Yeah, you bet. give us a call, That's Jason. I appreciate it. the call. Thank you. Thanks, Jason. One eight five 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 Doctor Lou. By the way, Jason one eight five 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 D R L O U is the place to start. And for the remainder of this hour, feel free to call in, get some answers, just like Jason, smart guy. It's uh, 416-870-6400, Pinpoint Health Show, Global News Radio. It is eleven twenty three, and uh, there you go. I saw a recent interview with uh, David Lee Roth, and he's kind of. Remember this video back in 1983-84 when it came out? He's doing the splits. No, I wasn't even born. Yeah, thanks. Perfect. (laughs) I was born in 85, man. He's not doing that anymore. (laughs) Old Dave's kind of singing the tune but kind of standing off stage. But there you go. It it just goes to show how much, uh, as our last caller said, you know, uh, trying to achieve another six-inch jump at 41, not impossible, but Yeah, it's not impossible. Nothing is impossible, right? It's it's just about... It's sort of a conversation that I consistently have with people where they want to do something. And you've heard me say before that sometimes you don't know um, the realm of future possibilities, right? And if you injure yourself bad enough, it might mean that you never even play basketball again at all in any capacity, right? right? So, So that's a lot of things that I try to encourage people to think about. It's like, well, what's... What's the long-term goal here? If the long-term goal is I want to be able to play basketball for the rest of my life, then it might not be a bad idea that every time you're on that court, maybe you're giving it 80%. You're not trying for 150%, right? Because because it's all about, yes, risk-benefit. Now, if you're... You know, it's a different story. Like you're a 16 year old kid. You have the potential to go to the show, like, and and you, you want to give it 150 percent at that point. It might be worth the risk at that point. But I, I, and again, I think this is a personal choice. I'm I'm not suggesting that people should do what I say. I'm just I, I just want to make sure that people sort of at the very least consider it. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on your cell. And uh, Yanni, hello. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. What's morning. up? Uh, <laughs> I've been better. Uh, <laughs> Nobody calls this show if they're good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone that comes to see me, I'm always like, how are you? They're like, ah, I wouldn't be here if I was good. You're like I was a like, mechanic. Great. My car's great. not perfect. Yeah. So that's why you're here. Nobody's yeah. ever happy to What's talk going or on, see though? me. I, I need a hip replacement, and I was, I was wondering if there's anything I can do you know, to avoid it. Or I'm 60, and uh, if I get one now, will I need another one at 75? Yeah, so I mean, those those very types of specific questions are are much easier if I assess you. Obviously, like it's it's yeah. very hard to say. I don't know. Like I'd have to feel like move your hip around, feel the mechanics, tr- look at some imaging to sort of appreciate how bad it is. Um, okay. So that's the answer to sort of question one: Do you need a hip replacement? I I don't know over over the phone. I'm assuming someone has told you that you need a hip replacement and, and yes, I'm, yes, I, I I got images and I've been to doctors. Yeah. I, I thought I, I can't put my shoes or my socks on. Yeah. Right. So, so then, yeah, you're probably going down that path in terms of, will you need one by 75? 
that's another hard question. So the reality about replaced joints is that I believe the statistic is about 75% of them have to be replaced within 15 years. Um, so, I mean, that's an average. That means some are before and some are after. It's a mechanical part, so it's no different than, like, thinking of a car, right? Like, it's, you know, if someone says, oh, if I, you know, if I get new tires, how long should, you know, right. you could tell someone, you know, 100,000 kilometers. It's how fast do you go through that 100,000 kilometers. And where you're driving. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And where are you driving? What are you doing? So, so I think if, if you manage it well, you can definitely delay it longer. It's when you, you know, the, the, I think one of the issues that happens is... Um, People often feel pretty good after these types of of surgeries, and then they overdo it a little bit, right? And it goes back sort of to what we were just talking about, that at the moment you start to overdo it, well, it's a mechanical piece that you're just going to wear through again. And if you wore through your own body, which is far superior than anything mechanical, you'll wear through that stuff. Some of it is inherently functional because what led... Um, your previous joint to sort of break down is the, a mechanical issue that's still going to lead this to break down. So it's it's easier, again, it's very hard to say. It's easier for me to say when I've assessed someone because I can sort of gauge, you know, what's your uh, part of this should be what are your plans in the future? I, I, know, I know one individual who um, got his hip replaced and, you know, all of a sudden felt amazing and like was going to the gym and running and doing all these things. And then within five years, like the pain was worse than it had ever been. And they actually ended up getting an infection within it. And it was so hard to clear up and et cetera. So, you know, I think a lot of it is, is about understanding what the reality of, of, of it is and, and what you want to do. The other important thing is doing the right stuff before and after the surgery, right? Making sure that you're as strong and as fit as possible prior to the surgery, having the surgery and then working on rehabilitating to the same level of fitness after, um, which is a part that a lot of people miss. Uh, for whatever reason, a lot of people miss prehabilitation rehab, yeah. and rehab. It's incredible how many people miss rehab. Um, because a lot of people will also be sort of, you know, in Ontario, you can be referred for physio for like, I think it's 12 sessions following um, um, following an operation that's covered by OHIP. But like the problem with publicly funded therapy, and, I'm, and I may piss off a lot of people about saying this, it's often not very good because there's not great payment for it. And right. so it's well, just quick and easy. Like yep. I'm, I'm just telling the truth on what I've seen. And, and so a lot of the times it's just quick, like, oh, here, put this ice pack on, put this heat pack, do a couple of this. But that's not what rehabilitation is, right? It's not what it is. And and if you're not doing the, the right things after, that's another thing that sort of changes the prognosis. So, you know, I, I don't know I if don't, I'm answering your I, question I fully, but I think you can appreciate where I'm going. Thank you. Thank you. I, I'm really active. I, I'm a hunter and, and I nice. walk miles and miles. Yeah. So and I, and I don't think it's something that you can't get back to doing, but maybe it becomes about again understanding, right, and listening to your body. Your body tells you things, and people often just don't listen to it. Maybe you know if if you're a hunter and once upon a time you could walk, I don't know, twenty miles a day. Maybe you cut it down to fifteen. That way you can you know you can save twenty five percent of of the wear and tear. You know, so I think those things are important. That That's why the interaction, the assessment is so important because part of the assessment, the majority of the assessment is talking with you, talking with you to figure out what it is that you do um, in terms of like your hobbies, all those things, and then talking about how you can maybe build a plan for uh, the future. Okay, so call your office. Yes. Yeah. Monday? Yes, sir. You bet. Yep. 
Thanks a lot. Thanks, no Yanni. Appreciate that. It is one eight five 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 Doctor Lou to reach out. By the way, and you want to get info at pinpointhealth.ca. But for the remainder of this hour, Lori, I see you there, and uh, you as well. Feel free to call in. Got some time? Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. Pinpoint Health Show, Global News Radio, eleven thirty three on Saturday morning. It's four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. Get some answers. That's why the show exists uh, for this particular hour. Lori, thank you for hanging on. Good morning. Good morning. Um, hi, Lori. I went. Hi. Um, I went for a CAT scan recently. Now I have osteoporosis, but I have my results right here in uh, uh, front of me. You so, went for a CAT scan or a DEXA scan um, for osteoporosis? Uh, um, probably it, it, it probably a, a DEXA scan. With the with the dye and everything. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good one. Anyways, I have my results right here. I don't know what to do about all this pain. I'll read it to you. Degenerative changes of the lumbar spine, compression fracture of the superior plate of L3 with approximately 50% height loss centrally, no significant bony ret. Propulsion. There is also superior and plate something node S C H M O R. Yeah, Schmorl's nodes. Yep. Yeah, at T twelve, which is similar compared to prior, and then also um, something about a lipoma, like a fatty thing. And okay, okay. Yeah. So you don't have to read. Bun, so yeah. you don't have to. <laughs> you don't have to yeah. read the whole thing. So yeah, what? What uh, sort of the question? Well, what can I do about the pain and mm-hmm. does uh, the fracture heal? Because the doctor says after a certain, when you get older, the fracture doesn't heal too well. Yeah, so, so compression fractures are often due to, like, as age happens and there's weakness in the bones. It, it's yeah. sort of, I mean, we think fracture and we think of, like, grabbing a bone and breaking it in half. Right. What a compression mm-hmm. fracture is exactly what it sounds like. It compresses. Right. Yeah. So there's there's micro fractures within a different area of the bone and then the bone gets smaller. Now, that becomes significant because as that happens, that will put pressure on nerves and things like that. It's not really the fracture per se. That is the problem. It's what that disc that height loss does. And, and that material. I mean, think of a pop can. If I crush a pop can, right. what happens? It has to move out um, w- with wise. somewhere. Yeah, yeah. it's got to move out with wise. And, and with wise in the spine means it's going to be pushing on nerves and things that matter. Ooh. So that's where the significance is. Um, now, a lot of the other things, the problem with imaging and, and, you know, anybody that's listening to the show right now, if they heard what you just read, mm-hmm. it all sounds scary because everything like Schmorl's yeah. nodes, superior end plates, yeah. degenerative disc disease, a lot of that stuff doesn't actually matter. It's just findings and their medical terms yeah. for telling us what's there. Um, some of the things that are there definitely matter. Um, in terms of how you manage that, that again is a... Yeah, if you have a lot of pain in that, what can you do? Yeah, like so... A, yeah, so a, I have Tylenol extra strength, mm-hmm. and then I take Ativan because I'm nervous all the time, and mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, so that, I mean, like, you know, I've been doing this show for a long time, and we've talked about the management of chronic pain, and anybody that's listened for a long time knows that the answer is very, very complicated because it takes a lot of different things. And so the reality is the best way to sort of figure out a plan is for you to either see me or anybody, for that matter, who's a professional in, in an expert in this type of chronic pain uh, scenario, 
Um, and so they can guide you on all of the options that exist for dealing with that type of an issue. But is it something that I could tell you, like, right now, a quick sentence off, you know, on the radio that will help you? No, because if it was that easy, you know, this wouldn't exist, right? It would, yeah. it would just be simple. Um, it's, and it's not simple. It's very, very hard. I was reading an interesting statistic yesterday mm-hmm. from the economic, uh, what, what journal was it? I can't even remember now. But the stat was from the UK, I believe. Mm-hmm. So pain, like non-cancer related pain, so just generalized pain, right. is like a $100 billion industry it's what it costs the system cancer costs the system like 120 billion so wow it's really? not that do you know what i mean like it's not yeah. that much less the point is is cancer is not easy but neither is pain that's the reason why uh it, it's so much right if it was simple then we'd have quick answers to it but I, i'm happy to see you uh yeah. Lori, and we can do you have a clinic in Toronto? Because I live right in Toronto. Yeah, so I, I see patients in my main hub in Etobicoke at uh, Etobicoke General Hospital. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. I'm in, I live in Etobicoke. Perfect. Beautiful. So give us a call. And we'll uh, help what set. is your number there? That's, that's what John's here for. <laughs> I'm gonna give it to you. I uh, give it to you right now, Lori. We'll let you uh, let you go. Here it is: one eight five 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 Doctor Lou D R L O U. Again, Lori: one eight five 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 Doctor Lou. You can call that, or you can email info at pinpointhealth.ca. We'll carry on. Thank you, Lori. Richard, hang on. We'll get to your call as well, and you still have time. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. Pinpoint Health Show. Global News Radio. 11.42 here until uh, just before noon. So you got some time, but uh, but don't waste any. 416-870-6400 is the, uh, the way we roll, and you roll as well. You want to make your phone calls and get some questions answered. Richard, good morning. Yes, uh, good morning. Uh, good before morning. I ask my question, I heard you say you're coming, from, or coming to Oakville. Can you say uh, when and where? Um, I can't say where because of confidentiality agreements. Uh, when? Probably around March. Nice. Oh, okay, that's great. Great. Um, I'm a mid-50s uh, guy, very, very active. Uh, 35 years ago, I had uh, uh, my spine fused for uh, scoliosis. I'm sure you're familiar with that. I actually I have scoliosis as well. Oh, okay. So yep. I had the uh, the steel Harrington rod put in yep. there. So, so how um, significant? Because I've been very active. Th- 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 things are good. You know, I, I do a lot of yoga and stretching. But, you know, the doctor at the time said I would be subject to probably arthritis through the years, which I think yeah. I, I do have now. Anyway, For sure. Um, yeah. a, a, few, uh, a few times a year, whether I'm shoveling snow or golfing, I get the most uh, excruciating pain right in those kind of like in the, in the lower back and the hip, you know, those, 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 those two dimple areas. Yep. And um, it, it's just like someone stuck a, a knife in there. And I'm going through that right now. Sure. Just wondering for that, uh, is, is what would you advise for that? Can, can uh, I actually booked a massage today to see if they can get in there and maybe it's just muscle spasm or whatnot. But yep. uh, is, is that something you would uh, just recommend off the bat? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's a bad thing. Like, I don't think passive intervention is bad. I think... So passive intervention is very good in acute scenarios. So when I say passive intervention, that means anything that some therapist can do to you, like massage. I don't think it's 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 a good thing, especially in the acute scenario. So like we have to consider your cases, you have a chronic issue, but at times you have acute exacerbations. That's yeah. what you're in right now. Those acute exacerbations do very well with passive therapy, whether that's massage, physio, chiro, whatever. It's really about just preference and tissue preference and things like that on which one of those might be better. Mm-hmm. What happens is that that will get you back sort of probably to close to your baseline normal chronic level issue. Right. 
the reality is, and, and this is a very easy, it's a thing that I draw for people all the time. What happens with that chronic issue is that that level is rising all the time. What you need to be doing in those times when you're not acutely exacerbated is the rehabilitation of your of your spine, right? So in order, like the fact that you, there's scoliosis is a curvature in the spine, which, you know, I'm sort of talking to educate anybody yeah, that's yeah. listening. That curvature in the spine, to some degree, all of us have maybe a few degrees, which is totally insignificant. Right. Um, you don't get Harrington rods put in unless it's greater than 25 degrees, which is, is very significant. So you obviously had a very significant scoliosis um, when you were younger, and they put in the Harrington rods to stop its progression, straightening you out, which is good. But it does lead to degeneration. And more important than the degeneration, it leads to tissue weakness. And it's that tissue weakness which pr probably accounts for the greater amount of the pain that you feel chronic and probably in acute exacerbations. Uh, and it's not really the degenerative stuff. Um, the degenerative stuff, when it's bad, will actually like impinge on nerves, and then people will describe like, oh, I might, you know, my foot's numb all the time, type of thing. Those, that's when degeneration becomes more significant. So, a lot of what you're feeling is probably related to the muscular integrity of of the structures in your spine. And so, I think the goal should be, yeah, like in you know, to make this simple, yeah, in the acute scenario, doing a massage, yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think. On a long-term plan, though, you need to be incorporating proper rehab into your life every single day because this is a management issue under the guidance of a professional um, and and really working towards minimizing how often those acute exacerbations happen. Because the thing with these chronic issues and these constant acute exacerbations, and you might have already experienced this, is they tend to get a little bit worse each time. And then it will finally get to the point where it's like, okay, this is like, bad like this is really bad it's not going away what do i do in that scenario but you know you you're not you definitely your case is not the the standard you know simple low back pain type no low back pain is simple but yours is more complicated because of the the scoliosis but I, i'm happy to assess you if you like um it sounds like you know you're you're going you're doing the right things right now um i don't think there's anything wrong with a massage uh, in this moment i think that what where there's sort of a misconception is that people think then like, you know, I manage my, my chronic back pain by getting a massage once a month. Well, that might feel good, but it's not actually going to work towards actually doing anything overly significant. So if, if I had the, uh, like a large part of my uh, spine or in, in that area obviously yeah. was, was fused. Yeah. So can, can, can you just, uh, just, just briefly say when you, when you mentioned the degenerative aspect, yeah. uh, what can, can you, can you specify on that please? Yeah. So when, so the, the other thing about fusion is, so the, we have to consider that the spine is not just one segment. It's a lot of segments with a lot of different joints right. from a mechanical perspective with degrees of freedom and motion. What happens is if you can just simply imagine, like if we could imagine three simple joints together, let's say four, and we fuse the two in the middle. Right. Yeah. What ends up happening is the ones on either end have to move up, move more. And that excessive motion, right, because that's what leads to wear and tear. More motion will lead to more wear and tear. So typically with fusion surgeries, the area that's fused is never like that sort of fixed. Like that area is is sort of fused. It, it can't really do much. The problem is what happens above and below. And like where was your spine fused? Where was the scoliosis in what area? 
I, I, I can't say exactly in medical yeah. terms. So just kind of, kind of in the in the mid range. Right. Okay. And so that makes perfect sense with what I'm saying. So mid range, you get fusion, you get Harrington rods. What happens? Things above and below need to move a lot more. Well, what's directly below the SI joints, those dimple areas that you're talking about, like right. that area. Now your lumbar spine has to pick up so much more movement that is not being uh, happening up higher, and that excessive degree of movement with things like shoveling snow, blah blah blah, whatever it might be, is yeah. that's when you're going to get set off. That'll be that instance where all of a sudden you do something mechanically, signals are sent to your brain, your brain says, the, w- the way it works is, is the degree of freedom within every joint is constantly being measured in our brains, right? Like there are receptors that tell our joints what's going on, right? The, it's, it's natural reflexes and no different than if, you know, if I pushed you and you started falling to the ground, you have a reflex to put your arms straight out, right, and and stop yourself. Well, joints have similar mechanisms where when they get stretched too much and there's more mobility than is otherwise intended for that joint, receptors tell the brain, hey, stiffen the muscles and stiffen those muscles so that you protect myself. That might protect the joint, but what it does is it creates pain. You now have spasm in your back happening, and that's sort of the the faulty mechanism. That's why strengthening is so important, because you can then control the mobility, the amount of mobility, and not ever have it go into that excessive motion that then triggers the spasm. Okay, I'll look for you guys uh, yep, here in March. For sure. That'll be under the, the pinpoint name? Yes, sir. Excellent. Thank Thanks, you. Richard. Thanks, Richard. Appreciate that call. Good one. Uh, we'll take a short break here. You want to reach out in the meantime, one 55 doctor Lou. That's to get a hold of Dr. Lou at the clinic and move uh, move forward from there. Info at pinpointhealth.ca. But for the remainder of the time we have here, do what Richard and everyone else has done. Get some answers off the hop at 416-870-6400. Pinpoint Health Show right here, Global News Radio. 11.52, last few minutes here. That means you got some time to squeeze in a, uh, a call, 416-870-6400 is the uh, way to go. We were just during the break as Richard was talking about Harrington rods and, and scoliosis. We just Googled some pictures and man. Yeah, to show you. Yeah, like Google that like stuff. Question mark. Yeah. yeah, no, scoliosis can be a very, I mean, most of the time, like a, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, I've been told that I have a scoliosis. And then you look at them and there might be a slight curve, like five degrees. Like, yeah, don't worry that. about that you stuff. Know. Yeah. It's, it's about when it gets really bad. Now, the other thing about scoliosis is, it, uh, it's worse when you're young because as you continue to grow, it can progress. Typically, mm-hmm. what we do if we see a young person with scoliosis is we'll monitor it up until 21 when skeletal maturity happens. After 21, it's usually not that big of a deal. You just want to make sure there's different levels. So, you know, this is especially, I guess, for parents, if you're looking at your kids and they look like there might be something there, it's worth to get it checked out just to make oh, yeah. sure, right? Because the progression is important. I, I mean, you can have... You can have traumatic scoliosis, like the example when we were talking about the compression fractures. Depending on the way it it compresses in older age, you might create a curve then. But that's totally different. That's what we're talking about there um, uh, with the Harrington rods and in in young people we call idiopathic, which means we don't know why it happens. That's what idiopathic means. It's funny. I was saying a teacher of mine used to say it means that the doctor's an idiot and the patient's pathetic (laughs) because neither of us know. So. yeah, yeah, most of the time those things are are idiopathic and but you know, there are there are procedures. I mean Harrington getting surgery, the Harrington rods when you look at the pictures, it's a significant surgery. Oh, yeah. Um but if you need it, it's 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 to some extent life saving, right? When when your spine's that bad. Stupid question, do they ever come out? No. 
No. We're in there for good. Well, and, and then once you've put them in, bone starts to fuse around them. Right. And, like, again, when you look at the picture, it's, it's, this is not like one simple thing. It's not like one mechanical piece. They're often a lot, they're, they're there. You got, yeah, you got hardware at that you're, point. You're stopping at every airport now. <laughs> yeah, right? for sure. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. ain't going through no scan yeah. from here yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 100%. Yeah. Uh, again, 416-870-6400. You got a, a few minutes here to uh, to call yeah, I think in. we have a call coming yep. in. Before we get to that call, next week, yes. uh, special guest, we have uh, Minister uh, Christine Elliott, the, Deputy minister, Premier. the nice. Deputy Premier and the, uh, the Minister of Health and Long-Term Care of Ontario on the show to talk about a lot of the new things uh, that they're introducing. So I think it's a great show to listen to. Uh, so tune in next Saturday, 11 a.m. as usual, and... and uh, and uh, Minister Elliot will be here with us. Have you got any uh, your heads up of what, what's going on? Or we well, I think, yet? why don't we save it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, why don't we save it till next week? We'll get to uh, to Carlos. Hey, Carlos, how are you? Uh, good morning, gentlemen. How are you guys? Sure, we're good. good. What's going on? That's great. That's good. Uh, a couple of things. My son is, uh, like I, you were just mentioning, curved back. Mm-hmm. He's, a little, he's a little bit heavy. Okay. And when he sits, it seems his back is very curved. And he's having he's been having... Uh, back lower back problems okay so so there's and that might be significant what like when we're talking about a scoliosis it's again over the radio it's not like where is the curve like when he sits like his on the top on the top yeah that that top yeah it might not be a scoliosis it might be a different form of curve but nonetheless it's probably important to look at right to to at the very least get it assessed and and determine like okay what what sort of can happen here so i'm happy to see him if you like and and that's simple enough to look at him how old's your son now uh he's uh, 19 19 so th- like i was saying he's close to to skeletal maturity so whatever is there probably won't progress much but it might become significant enough to understand right. it so that he knows sort of like maybe the pain and those things but but i'm happy to take a look at it give us a call because his weight has to do a par- part of that that's correct mm, depends i um, not necessarily okay yeah another uh, question i had it was my knee behind my knee. See, I'm in the landscaping gardening business. Yep. And behind the knee, you know, right in the middle yep. behind the knee. Yep. It's not pain, pain, but it's sometimes it's a little bit discomfort. Sometimes. Yep. Same know. thing. I mean, that's the is button, that cartilage, uh, or is that the? I have, I'd have to look at it. I have, I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah, that's not enough enough to, to diagnose. Carlos, make a, make an appointment for your uh, yourself, I guess, and your son for that matter. One eight five 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 Doctor Lou to. Uh, People, do that. people waited to the end, just like I started the show. I know. Hey, Judy, how are you? I think we got time for you quickly. What's up? Yes, just one quick question, Dr. Lou. I just wondered, how safe is it to have an MRI, mammogram, and bone density test if you're just past 70, 76? How safe uh, is it? How safe it is? It, I mean, I don't know enough about your medical history. So, you know, the, there's a lot of factors that go into that. There's no radiation with an MRI. It's a magnetic scan that moves, you know, hydrogen uh, elements and creates a picture. So that one has no radiation. The other stuff does probably, it's all about risk benefit, right? So, so I'd have to, I don't know enough about your, your past history to know whether that's something that's, you know, warranted for you or not. That's a, I think a discussion you should have with whoever your primary healthcare practitioner is. Well, they're telling me, go ahead and have it, but. Well, then, then I think you have the answer. <laughs> of the radiation. 
I would, you know, at 76, I would not worry about the the radiation and imaging. Like it's there's the statistic, the the research around that stuff shows that if there is an effect, it's usually 25 years after the image, and it only is that right? Yeah, and wow. it only increases it by very little. Um, so you know, I think again, if you were five, we'd consider a little bit more. Yeah. 76, you know, I, again, speak to your to your doctor about that. Judy, appreciate that final call, and that'll wrap it for today. Again, next Saturday, reminder, uh, Deputy Premier, Health Minister Christine Elliott going to be on the show with us, so stick around for that. That is it for the uh, Pinpoint Health Show. Once again, we are out of here, and you want to uh, reach out, one 555 Lou and info at pinpointhealth.ca.